Sometimes kids say the darndest things, the most ridiculous things. But you can't help but laugh, can you? <laughs> I mean, they're just so cute. I don't know about you, but I could watch something like that all day long. But anyway, how about our own church kids here this morning? Didn't they do a fabulous job in the presentation today? A superb job. What a great performance and so cute. I've got to say, I, uh, I especially loved uh, that little redhead in the crèche video there at the end. Br brilliant, wasn't she? I'm sure you would agree. <laughs> but it makes me wonder, um, makes me wonder, what do we do with what we heard from our kids this morning? I mean, all that stuff about, you know, Jesus is the king, Jesus is the saviour. What do we do with it all? I mean, was their performance today nothing more than just a bunch of cute kids saying the darndest things? What do you reckon? Well, it reminds me a little bit of a story that's uh, recorded in the Bible, a true story that took place some 2,000 years ago. And it all happened one day when Jesus went to the temple in Jerusalem. Now, of course, in those days, uh, the temple was a very, very special place. It was the place where people would go to worship God. It was a very religious place, uh, filled with very religious people, including most religious of them all, the priests and the teachers of God's law, the religious leaders. And by this stage in his ministry, uh, Jesus had become pretty well known. And so now it was really hard for him to go anywhere without people recognising him. And one group of people in particular was very excited to see Jesus there in the temple. It was the blind and the lame, people who couldn't see, people who couldn't walk. And obviously word had gotten out that Jesus was something of a miracle worker, that he was able to heal people of all sorts of conditions and disorders. And so when the blind and the lame hear that Jesus is there in the temple, well, they come to him hoping that just maybe he will heal them. And as it turns out, that's exactly what he does. He makes the blind see and he makes the lame walk. He heals them. Extraordinary stuff. He look with me at uh, this story from the Bible. Uh, we had it read for us earlier, making your life a little bit easier today. I've printed off the story on the inside page of the service program. You see it there. This story comes from the part of the Bible called Matthew, chapter 21, verses 14 to 17. And in verse 14, we read, the blind and the lame came to Jesus at the temple and he healed them. Well, amazing stuff. Hey, I mean, it's not like uh, Jesus is uh, performing some kind of advanced medical procedures on these people. This is in the days long before modern medicine. Now, these healings are nothing short of miraculous. They're miracles. And significantly, Jesus is performing these miracles in plain sight of everyone. In fact, in the most public place in the entire country, right there in the temple courtyard. And so as you can imagine, there were many people who, who saw these miracles, and in particular, we're told about two groups of witnesses. Firstly, there are the religious leaders, the, the priests and the teachers of God's law, the religious leaders. They see the healings. And secondly, there's a bunch of young kids. They see it all too. Two groups of people who clearly see Jesus healing 
are two groups of people who respond to what they see in two very different ways. The kids, well, they see the miraculous healings and they start chanting, Hosanna to the son of David, they shout. Hosanna to the son of David. That's how they respond. But the religious leaders, on the other hand, well, they see the miracles and then they hear what these kids are chanting and they become furious. Not with the kids, but with Jesus. So they go up to Jesus and then they rebuke him for inciting the kids in this way. That's how they respond. Here, read with me from verse 15. Verse 15. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things Jesus did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. They're mad. They're furious. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. In other words, how dare you encourage these children to say this sort of thing? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? You know, what, what has got these religious leaders so hot under the collar? Why are they so upset? Well, it all comes down to what the kids are chanting. Hosanna to the son of David. But let's think about that for a moment. What does that mean, Hosanna to the son of David? Well, the word Hosanna... It's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? It's not exactly a word we use a lot these days, Hosanna. But that word literally means save, I pray, okay? Literally it means save, I pray. But it was also a word that had come to be used as an exclamation of praise, you know, Hosanna! So that means that the word Hosanna came to mean something along the lines of praise you, save us, okay? Praise you, save us. Hosanna. And then there's that other part of what the kids said. They said, Hosanna to the son of David. What does that mean, the son of David? Well, of course, David was the most famous king in the history of Israel. Uh, he was the one who, with God's help, led Israel into its time of greatest peace. King David defeating all of Israel's enemies and giving God's people peace. And so he was considered their greatest king. But unfortunately, in the years after David died, that, that peace disappeared. It, it didn't last. And so in the Bible, God promised that the day would come when he would raise up someone else from the line of David, a, a descendant of David, a son of David, if you like. Someone who would also be king of God's people, who would defeat their enemies and give them peace, but not just a temporary peace, a permanent peace. And the promise was that when the son of David came, he would do many miraculous things, included among them, you guessed it, making the blind see and making the lame walk. And so when the kids there in the temple see Jesus performing these miraculous healings, well, you know what conclusion they've come to, don't you? That Jesus is the promised king and saviour. That's why they cry out, Hosanna to the son of David. In other words, praise you, save us, mighty king. 
which is all right and good if indeed it is true. If Jesus really is God's promised son of David. But if he's not, if he is just some ordinary bloke, then what these kids are chanting is absolute blasphemy. It's an insult to God. Which explains why the religious leaders are so furious. Because you know what conclusion they've come to, don't you? That Jesus is not the son of David, the promised king and saviour. In their minds, what the kings are shouting is absolute blasphemy. But they can't get furious with the kids. I mean, they're just kids. And sometimes uh, kids say the darndest things. And so instead they get furious with Jesus for encouraging the kids to say this kind of stuff. That's why they snap at him. Do you, do you hear what these children are saying? But then in the story, Jesus goes on to answer them. He answers their question. He says to them, well, yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I hear what these children are saying about me. I, I hear it clearly. And then he goes on to ask the religious leaders a question of his own. He asks them, have you never read that bit in the Bible that talks about when kids will sing my praises? Here, look with me at verse 16. Verse 16. <clears throat> Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, Jesus replied. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, God, have ordained praise. See, do you see what Jesus is doing here? He's quoting a sentence from another bit of the Bible Actually, it comes from a part of the Bible called Psalm 8, a psalm that was written a thousand years before, you know, this event actually happened. He's taking that bit of the Bible and here Jesus is applying it to himself and this very situation. He's saying that the kids who are praising him as the son of God are not insulting God at all. They're not blaspheming. In fact, quite the opposite. What they're doing is the very thing that God wants them to do. All part of his plan. From the lips of children and infants, you, God, have ordained praise. And so who do you think Jesus is claiming to be here? Well, he's claiming to be the son of David, isn't he? And so he's not going to stop the kids from praising because according to him, the kids have actually got it right. They've come to the right conclusion that he is the king and saviour. According to Jesus, it is the religious leaders who have got it wrong. Really, really wrong. Because to reject God's promised king and saviour is to reject God himself. It is the ultimate blasphemy. And it is to reveal yourself as an enemy of God. That's why it's really interesting that Jesus chose this particular quote from Psalm 8. Because the fact is, what Jesus quotes here is only half of the original sentence. And those religious leaders who knew their Bibles back to front and inside out would have known exactly how the original sentence finished. You want to know how it finishes? 
look with me. I, I've printed it for you there at the bottom of the service program there. You see Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. Psalm 8, verse 2. The whole original sentence reads, From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. See, that's the whole sentence. And the religious leaders there in the temple would have known that. So what is Jesus doing? Well, he's saying that it's not the kids who have insulted God. He's saying it is you religious leaders who have done that. You are the true blasphemers because you have rejected me as king and saviour. And in doing so, you have revealed yourselves as enemies of God. And so it is not the kids who will be silenced, but you. Wow. And with that, Jesus turns his back on these religious leaders and he walks away. Read with me the final verse, verse 17, where it simply says, And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. He just turns away, walks away, leaves them. Can't help but imagine, you know, the re religious leaders just standing there looking at each other, just absolutely gobsmacked, speechless. They were indeed silenced, at least silenced for a little while. Because within just one week of this episode here in the temple, the religious leaders struck back against Jesus. They had him arrested on charges of blasphemy. They had him declared guilty. And then they hung him on a cross where he suffered and died. And then it was Jesus who was silenced, silenced by death, silenced for two nights and a day. But then, in the most amazing miracle of all, Jesus came back from the dead, rising to life again and proving once and for all that he really is the promised son of David. Ironically, it was in his death that Jesus brought God's people a victory and a peace far greater than anything King David ever achieved. It was a victory over death. And it was a peace with God through the forgiveness of sins. A peace that was not temporary but permanent. A peace that would last forever. The religious leaders silenced Jesus with death, but Jesus came back from the dead publicly, appearing to more than 500 people over a period of some 40 days, proving his identity as God's promised king and saviour, and thus starting a movement that has grown and grown and grown to include many millions of people who now, like those kids there in the temple all those years ago, now declare, Hosanna to the son of David. Praise you. Save us, mighty King Jesus. And so, friends, what, what do we make of our kids' performance here this morning? Their 
praising Jesus as king and saviour. Just a, a, a cute little pantomime, perhaps. Just a, a bunch of kids saying the darndest things. What do you think? Well, you know what Jesus would say, don't you? From the lips of children and infants, you, God, have ordained praise. Yes, sometimes kids do say the darndest things, but not this morning. Today, they've got it right. And so, friend, I wonder if you too, like the kids today, have come to the conclusion that Jesus really is the King and Saviour. You know, as I think about those religious leaders there in the temple, what really gets me more than anything else is the fact that it seems that not even for a moment, not even for a second, did they ever consider the possibility that perhaps the kids were actually onto something. I mean, they saw the miracles. They saw the blind given their sight. They saw the lame able to walk. But not even for a moment were they prepared to check it out to see if maybe there was just something to it. Why not? I don't know. I can only suspect it's because they didn't want it to be true. That they were happy with their lives just as they were. That they, they, they didn't want Jesus to come in now as their king and saviour and, and to interfere in their lives in that way. And sadly, friends, I hate to say it, but I think that even today there are many who still refuse to take seriously the claims of Jesus, refusing even to investigate the historical record of his life in the Bible to see if just maybe, maybe there's something to it. Perhaps because they just don't want it to be true. Perhaps because they just don't want Jesus interfering in their lives. But friend, according to Jesus, that is to make a very, very big mistake. Because to reject Jesus as king and saviour is to reveal yourself as an enemy of God and God has said that the day is coming when he will judge the world. And on that day, all his enemies will be silenced forevermore under his dreadful condemnation. But he also promises that for those who accept Jesus as their king and saviour now, well, theirs shall be victory. Victory over death eternal life and he promises that theirs shall be peace peace with God peace beyond understanding heavenly peace eternal peace friend if you are here today and you have not yet accepted Jesus as your king and savior then please don't make the same mistake as the religious leaders in the story check it out ask could there actually be something to this because friend the fact is this morning you are sitting around many many people ordinary people who are convinced that Jesus really is the one he claimed to be 
If you'd like to find out more about Jesus, then we as a church would love to help you. Please speak to myself or, or the other minister, Jeff, after the service. Give us a call during the week. Perhaps speak to the person who invited you along here today. At the very least, read the rest of the book of Matthew there in the Bible. Friends, sometimes kids say the darndest things, but not today. Today the kids have got it right. And friend, my great hope is that soon all of us here today will get it right too. And that we will join together in declaring, praise you, save us, mighty King Jesus. Hosanna to the son of David. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for sending Jesus as the promised son of David. We thank you that in him is found victory over death and eternal peace with you. Lord, we thank you for our children this morning who have revealed to us the most important truth we could ever hear, that Jesus is the King and Saviour. Now, Father, we pray that each of us here today would accept this truth and on that final judgment day be revealed not as your enemies, but as your beloved friends forever. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.